what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. I'll read you here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. It says, but it is no shame. Somebody say no shame. It is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Then he says, praise God. Somebody say praise God. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Amen? Do you see that as a privilege? To be called by his name? Then the Bible says we ought to praise Everybody don't have that privilege. Amen. You're part of a group of privilege that, that everybody, everybody in the world does not share that same privilege that you have. And he's saying because you got a privilege that other people don't have, you ought to, not that they can't have it, they just don't want it. But that because they don't want it, it shouldn't stop you from praying. Y'all sit down, sit down. I've got to hear to myself. Sit down. Well, this is going to be our third sermon in the series that we've entitled, I'm Privileged. Somebody say, I'm Privileged. And I said, this message is not intended to be a cultural or social conscious message uh, about ethnic privilege, you know, celebrity privilege, executive privilege, veteran privilege, senior citizen privilege, or any other privilege that you have or don't have based on who you are, where you come from, and your upbringing. Amen? This is about a special honor or right that you have because of your relationship. Somebody say relationship. The whole key that you got to get out of all this, you have this privilege because of your rest. Because of your relationship with Jesus, God has given you certain privileges. And as a result of that, it's up to you. I think I heard Cliff say it earlier. It's up to you to know what your privileges are. Because if you don't know what they are, you'll live below your privilege. It, and I'm going to show you here later. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to show you, just insert this real quick. As a citizen of the United States, there are certain privileges you got just for being a citizen. But if you don't know what they are, you know, if you get in trouble with the law, you have the right to remain silent. And your privilege, that they're supposed to tell you that. And, but if you don't know that, you start blabbing off. And now everything that you done said could be held up. Now, none of y'all going to get in trouble with the law, but that's for y'all friends. Y'all need to tell them, hey, next time the popo stop you, don't say. <laughs> so if you don't know what your privileges are, there's a good possibility you can live below them. Amen? Now, there are other things that we get rights as citizens. That's why people want to migrate this country, immigrants. When they come, they, want, they ain't just coming to be coming. They want to get rid of that green card. They want to become a... Because there are benefits that come with being a... And so when we look at this, we define privilege this way. It says, something regarded as a special honor, right, or advantage available to a particular person or group. Definition two says a right or immunity granted as a peculiar benefit, a particular, a peculiar benefit, advantage, or favor. The last one I really like is a set of unearned benefits given to people who fit into a specific group. As Christians, 
you fit into a Y'all ain't got to be scared to say it. Y'all fit into a specific. And with that fit, come privilege. Amen. I know you don't want to offend nobody else, but everybody else lets you know what their privileges are. And so therefore, don't you be ashamed of the privilege that you get because you fit into a... We're in organizations that because we fit into those organizations, with those things come... I'm just telling you the body of Christ is a large organism. And you're a part of it. And with you being a part of it, come. All right, let me get to the part where I've got to teach some things that is kind of hard to swallow. You know, but go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. When I get there, I'll read verse uh, 1 through 8. See, it's a privilege to be able to give generously to support someone who's worse off than you. Amen. So I, get, I need amen everywhere now. Amen. See, if, if you have been blessed to have, and there's somebody out there who is a have, then you are, have a privilege to help. You got to see, I, man, I'm in a position to say, I'm privileged to be able to help someone who don't have what I. But if it's all about you, then you would not extend that privilege to somebody. And you're not alone. Here we see the Apostle Paul appealing to the Corinthian church to finish a work that they had started. They had made a commitment that they were going to give to support the, the weak and, 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 and struggling churches in Jerusalem because those churches were in poverty and very poor. And they made a commitment, hey, on the first day of the week, we're going to take up an offering and we're going to send it to those folks. But along the way, somehow, and they stopped fulfilling their obligation. Just stopped giving. And so Paul used smaller, poor churches as an example to try to encourage them to start back to giving. And what you're going to see in here, he called giving a ministry. Y'all better hear me. Let me start reading. I'm in verse 1. He said, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia, the smaller churches, the Philippian church, and the church at Berea, smaller churches. God was doing a work through the smaller, poor churches in Macedonia, and I want to let you know what he's doing through them. It's maybe strong to say Paul was trying to shame them a little bit, but, but the Corinthian church were well off. They had it. These little churches didn't have it. These little churches didn't even make the big commitment that they were going to support the poor churches in Jerusalem. But the Corinthians, and now Paul said, hey, your word ought to mean something. If you say you're going to do something, fulfill your obligation. You didn't have to say it. And just because, you know, you done got a little tight situation, what you said is still on the line. Because these other churches, oh, y'all better hear me. Let me read on. They are being tested by many troubles, talking about the churches in Macedonia. And they are very poor. But they also 
filled with an, are filled with an abundant joy and with has also overflowed in rich generosity. In other words, they're poor, but they're filled with this abundant joy. Even in the midst of their poverty, they got joy. And on top of that poverty, they still got a generous heart. They got a heart that still want to help someone else. And what I'm trying to get you to see is every time you go through something, don't give up your joy. You're going to go through things in life. Things are going to come your way. But in the midst of those things, don't give up your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you give up your joy just because you got a trial or troubles in your life, then guess what? You're going to give up a lot more than that before it's over. So even in the midst of what you're going through, I want to encourage somebody today, just hold on to your free will. Verse 3. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. In other words, I didn't have to coerce them into doing it. It was something in their heart that compelled them to want to be able to be a part of this giving, and they did it. You know, it's better when a person gives from free will than give grudgingly of, of ne necessity. Because then you mad. Man, they made me. You know. I tell people, man, your attitude going to be like that by give it, keep it. You ain't going to get blessed for that. You done helped somebody and you done gave it to them, then all of a sudden you see them, they look better than what you gave than you looked in. Now all of a sudden, I sure should have kept that. I should have kept looking at them. No. ain't going to be blessed because you probably didn't give it with the right heart and the right spirit. So you should have. Look at this. Verse 4. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift in, in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They begged us and they saw it as a privilege to be able to share even though they were in the midst of their Look at this, verse 5. They even did more than we hoped for. I see they ex exceeded expectations. You know, sometime in life, God's going to give you an opportunity to do something where you ought to exceed somebody's expectation. You, you know, it's time for us to stop living below expectations. You got to say, hey, God has anointed me and blessed me to be able to do something, and I'm going to ex exceed expectation. He says, he says, then even, they did even more than we hoped for, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. Uh-oh, relationship. It ain't going to get right until you give you to the Lord. God don't want your money if you ain't got you. He wants you more. And you come to church and you come so that you can grow in giving your... Because you've got to come to the realization that you are not your own anymore. You have been bought with a price. He owns us now. And so therefore, because I know that, I ain't going to have to fight him. I'm going to just give my... Give myself to him. 
They first asked God to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So if God wants you to do something, trust God and not man. Verse 6 says, look, so we urge Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place. So telling Titus, return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. So I sent Titus back down there to tell you to remind you, you know, y'all said y'all were going to help the church of Jerusalem, so I want him to encourage you to finish what you said. Now, I ain't just talking about giving, but some of y'all may have said something to the Lord, ain't got nothing to do with giving. Just you say, I'm going to do that. So take the giving and the money off the table because some of y'all just turn your brains out right there. But you just told God, I'm going to do this. I dropped by to encourage you to do what you said. Finish what you started. Don't stop in the middle of what you're doing when you told God you was going. He says now, to encourage you to finish. Now look at verse 7. Then you come back and say, look, look. You excel in many other ways. Corinthian church was a powerful church. They had all the gifts. They spoke in tongues. They did all those things. They, probably, they had all the gifts. They were a wealthy church. He said, now look. You excel in your faith. You walk around talking about, I have faith. I believe in God. I trust God. You excel in your gifted speakers. You got orators out there who can articulate this word. And you know they can separate subjects and verbs from together. You know, nouns and pronouns. They know how to dangle molecules and adjectives and all that other stuff. They're talking, about talking real good. They are good communicators. And we need that in the church. We ought to have some people that can speak articulate and talk at all levels. There's nothing wrong with that. He said, you excel in that. You excel with people who can talk to you in big words. Okay, that's fine. He says, you excel with your gift of speaker and your knowledge. We are full of knowledge today. Everybody getting light from everywhere. And he's saying, you excel in knowledge. You know more than the average church member. And your enthusiasm, you're excited about the things of God and your love for us. But he says this, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of you excel in your dance. But after you get through doing all that, y'all excel in hallelujah. Hallelujah. Excel. Because that is a ministry. I know I'm trying to make this easy to understand, but I'm trying to get the point. Because, you know, he's talking to some folks that was, had them closed up the wallet. And, you know, he's coming at them hard by comparing little churches to them and saying, hey, you guys ought to act like these little old bitty churches. Since you said it, they didn't. I probably wouldn't have been that hard on them, but Paul, he was an apostle. He could do that. He had authority. I'm just reading what he said here. And he says, now look, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Then he softens up a little bit. I am not commanding you to do this, but he should have just stopped right there at the pier. They would have been happy, Alexander, if he would have just stopped right there at the pier. But when he said, but, 
I am testing. <laughs> I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other. I know they wish he had stopped at the period. Now you're comparing how eager we are to give and, and our sincerity. Why would he say that? Because the things that you love, you invest in. Y'all ain't got to say it, man. I know I'm telling the truth. Ladies, if you got a young fella who say he love you, he ought to end. With no strings. And we're giving nothing back. You say you love in. But this is 2021. Everybody invests. That verse investment go both ways. I'm just telling you the way Pastor Bolden of old school said, ladies. You get further practicing this rule than that back and forth thing. Make that sorry rascal in. If he's going to walk around with you on his arm and like that, make him in for the privilege of parading you around with. Ladies, don't live below your privileges. Oh, Lord, let me move on. That wasn't too much. All right, let me get to something else. That, that was, I don't got in trouble. Go to the book of Ephesians. But we got to see giving as a privilege, man, and God has blessed us, man. Some of us, you know, we done came a long way. I mean, we done came away a long way from holding the bottom of our shoes, wearing hand-me-down clothes, patches, and, you know, just not there. God done brought us a long way. But there are still some people in a position that we used to be in. And we have an obligation. And I see some young people say, what are you talking about? Holding the bottom of the shoes. So you privileged. You ain't never had to experience that. My kids ain't, don't know, even know what holy shoes are because they ain't gonna never get a chance to wear out some. Before they could wear them out, they had another pair. So now they're privileged. So when I talk about holy jeans, oh, we can't relate to that. Well, I'm going to make you relate to this. You got to know that you got a privilege that I didn't have. Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 19. Privilege to be a member. We ought to be privileged to see ourselves as privileged to be a member of God's family and citizens of his kingdom, along with his holy people. And you know what? This privilege allows us to come into his presence. I'm going to read quite a bit here for you, but I'm going to try to get through it because I'm in it, uh, chapter 2, verse 11. And, but I'm going to make this relevant to where we are living at today. So you don't think he's just talking to the Ephesians here and ain't talking to you. He says, now look, don't forget that you Gentiles, somebody say you Gentiles. He's talking to you. Us, any of us that were not born Jews. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Y'all all shout and say, I'm an insider now, baby. <laughs> I used to be, that's past tense. I used to be an outsider, but I don't figure out how to live on the... And everybody need to feel out, figure out how to live on the... It's time out for us to sit outside the boardroom. You need to know how to live on the... It's a whole different feeling when you're on the... 
why we try so hard to keep people on the outside of this country. Because we know they're going to get a different experience when they get on the... And once you have been on the inside, you don't want to... Y'all better hear me today. Once we got to the front of the bus, we want to go. Once we got to sit anywhere we want in the restaurant, we ain't want to go to the back door. Y'all don't remember that. Y'all too young. Once we got past fighting colors, we ain't want to go back to this separate but equal. Because we found out that system didn't give us the privileges that we deserve. Because it saw us as out. Look here, they didn't call us this, but they called us some other thing. He said, look here, you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies, but not their hearts. In other words, the Jews were so caught up because God gave them revelation first, and they thought we were God's chosen people, so therefore, this thing is just for and nobody else is supposed to have any of it because everybody else is heathens and they are out. Somebody fought for you to get inside. And some of y'all need to carry on the fight to keep folk on the... He said, they got the law, Alexander, but they got it outwardly. They can come to church on Sunday with the Bible, put on the robe, put on this, got the cross around the neck. They can do all the outward things to make them look righteous because they done got circumcised, but their heart has never been. And because their heart has not been circumcised, they don't see you as being equal. That was the Jews looking at the Gentiles. Now look at this. Now, in this verse 12, we're going to see five distinct disadvantages. You know, sometimes people in life cannot get ahead because they are born with disadvantage. Where you are born does matter. What condition you were born in does and sometimes those things can put you at a... But what I got to see you, get you to see now, you have been born again. And now you got to see that all those disadvantages have been done away with. And you got to see you like God see you and not like the world see you. Because if you don't, you'll still operate at a disadvantage. Look at this. He says... Let me show you these five things. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. Number one, there were some days when we lived apart from Jesus. We're sitting here on a Sunday morning because we finally made up the ground. I should have got an amen right there from everybody. See, you weren't born close to Jesus. You had to be brought close to him. And so there was a time in your life when you lived up. And you didn't realize it, but you was living at a disadvantage. 
And because you were disadvantaged, look, he said, you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. You didn't even have citizenship. And I challenge some of y'all today, when you leave here, go and look at your bill of rights and see what you have as a citizen. And if, Because most of us don't even know all our rights and privileges that we have as a citizen of the United States of America. Because we're so busy worried about paying taxes, we need to know what our privileges are. Forget about the taxes. Yeah, the Bible tells you, you got to pay taxes, you pay them. But on the other side of that, what are the privileges that come along with that? And if you don't know your privileges, somebody else out there pay people to tell them what their privileges are, and they get benefits that you don't get because of your ignorance. He says, now, you, verse number three, verse, I'm not verse number three, but 12, but point number three, you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. If you have not read the covenant, you don't know what the promises are. If you not have, met, have not read the Bill of Rights in the United States, you don't know what your rights are. And you may be living as a U.S. citizen born here, but still living below your privilege. He said, now, you live in this world without God. Uh-oh, that's number four. Man, you at a disadvantage when you're living in the world and you ain't got God. You at a disadvantage. That's what we need to let people know. Hey, look, you're fighting this thing from a disadvantage standpoint, because you ain't got God. He says a disadvantage. They didn't have that. Then he says, if you ain't got God, then you're without. Don't you know that there are some people that you know right now have given up hope? They thought that they were born in hopeless situations. And because of that, they have no expectation of getting better. They are bought into the biblical curse. This is a generational curse. Grandmama did it. Mama did it. Daddy did it. So it's just destined to happen to me. That is a lie. You don't even need a PhD to figure that one out. That's a do the opposite of what grandmama did. Do the opposite of what daddy did. Find Jesus. They was doing all that and they didn't have God. You need to find God and Jesus. Do the opposite of what they did and you can reverse whatever you thought was a curse. But if you do what they did, you're going to get the same. And then you're going to find yourself raising children in your hopelessness. Who want to bring up a child in a house where there is no we're never going to live better than this. We're never going to get out of this. This is all you're going to be able to do. Baby, you started at McDonald's, but you ain't got to stay there on the cash register. You know, they do franchise them things, you know. And so if you learn the system, maybe you can move from the cash register and the fries to managing one of these puppies, and one day you may have your... But if all I have put into you is a fry mentality... You're going to think that's the top of the food chain and you're going to be content hopelessness and your hopelessness is just frying 30 years old and still frying. I know y'all, I ain't talking to y'all, y'all privileged. I know y'all don't figure that thing out. 
It's all right. That's entry level. I fry fries to get in the door. But I start sticking around and hanging with the manager and see how he fill out the book. See how he orders stuff. Understand who his, you know, contacts are. I'm not content with just God got more in life for me than that. So that's why we got to tell our kids, God got more in life for you than that. It's an entry point. It's not somewhere you are you supposed to. So we got to give hope to our young people. Amen? Somebody say in verse 30, he said, but now. He says now, but now change all those disadvantages. He said, but now you have been united with Christ. So that's you. And because you have been united with Christ, you who were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus. I was an outsider, but because of Jesus, I'm a, and because I'm an insider, I got to start carrying myself like an insider. I, I, I don't have to walk around yes boss. I'm an insider now. Yo, John, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm an insider now. We on first name basis. You call me Larry, I'm going to call you John. I'm a... But when I was an outsider, I had a different attitude. But now that I'm a... I'm not telling you to be disrespectful to John. But let John know you're in... Look at this, what he says in verse 14. He says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. Somebody say one people. One people. Therefore now, he created a new group of folk that are special and a privilege, and we call ourselves Christians. We may have come from different walks in life, different places in life, may have been Jews, may have been something else before we were Jews, Gentiles, whatever. But now he said, hey, we one people. He created one people of both Jews and Gentiles in his own body on the cross. He broke down the walls of hostility that separated us. See, we still got hostility that separates churches right now. They don't understand that that ain't supposed to be like that. Even though we believe different, you know, some things about the Bible, we got different doctrine of belief, that shouldn't separate us from identifying ourselves as Christians. We're all in one body. Christians shouldn't be fighting Christians over petty things that ain't got nothing to do with salvation and going to heaven and Jesus Christ dying on the cross. I, I, we got to stop fighting people because some churches want to let ladies wear pants and some don't. The world taught me this lesson a long time ago in philosophy or whatever it was, they when in Rome, when I come to your church, if I can't wear jeans, I ain't going to disrespect your church. I'm going to dress like you dress. But when you come to Rome and you see jeans and shorts and tank tops, don't lose your mind. Because it's bigger than dress. When we get caught up in that, we're no, no different than the Jews who thought because they wore the robes, and they wore the tassels, and they wore the bars on that robe. They thought that made them spiritual. What that made them was religion. 
and you can be religious and not even be a Christian. Witchcraft is a religion. Anything that worships something can be called a religion. Let me get to verse 15. He says, he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and its regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to... So churches shouldn't be fighting each other over trivial things. America is divided right now because the churches is divided. Amen. And because the churches is divided, the devil is having a field day because he knows the principle of divide and... There are certain things that are just right and wrong. If there's some gray area out there, okay, we ain't going to fight over that. As long as it ain't got nothing to do with Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and me going to heaven and having eternal life, I ain't going to argue with you about makeup. If you don't want to wear makeup in your church, don't wear makeup. If you don't want the women to get their hair braided, pressed, perm, whatever, don't do it. That's fine with me. But don't get mad because my daughter, you know, Got braids, got extensions, got this, that, and the other working for them. I don't know how they, oh, you look, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. You done got caught up in the outward appearance and you done forgot what the heart may be like. I'm, I'm just trying to help somebody because, you know, it's easy for us to put our ideas and our things on everybody else and we want everybody to be like us. And then we forget that we got to be like Christ. Let me read on. I got to finish this. He says, look at this, verse 17. He brought his good news of peace to the Gentiles who were far away from him. Which we ain't no longer far away. And peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same, the same, the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And because of that, look at verse 19. So now you Gentiles, us, are no longer strangers and foreigners. We citizens now. I know that there's some immigrants. You know some here in America. Man, do you know what they feel like when they go down there and pass that citizenship test? Have you ever met somebody who had to get here the hard way? Say, I was born here. I was born a citizen didn't know my rights were. These folks live in another country, know more about my rights than I do, so they're trying to get here. And I'm already here and don't even know how I'm supposed to be living at a whole different. And then they go down there and pass that test. They come out of that place shouting. Why? Because they know they done got some privilege that they did not. And you've been born with those. You've got to start walking in the privilege that you have. Maybe we need to go out there. Some of you young people who are smart and got time to research and educate, do this for me. Go and find all our privilege that our countries are going to. Go find our Bill of Rights and all that and get them to let's put them on paper so we ought to know what, what we can say and do not say, what we don't have to say. Because your ignorance could be to your detriment. This ain't no government class. No. The Bible is a government book. 
It's telling us how we ought to govern ourselves. These folks just became citizens, and now they can live just like and act just like the Jews. And all the promises that God made to Abraham, guess what? They now belong to them. Y'all can see these folks out there shouting now, oh, God, we can get saved and we ain't got to be circumcised. Oh, glory. I can see the men jumping up and down. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Y'all don't think they were shouting? <laughs> I bet you. All you got to do is go back and read Acts 15. When they told them that they didn't have to get that, they say the shout broke out in the church. He says, now, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's That's a privilege. That's a privilege. That's a privilege to be considered to be a member of God. And that was a privilege that they didn't know they had because the Jews told them they were excluded from that. Okay, let me go on. I won't, I won't meddle with America right now. I'll leave America alone. But every now and then I just get agitated. How America took so many of my privileges away. Knowing after all we did for America. Built this country. Made a lot of people rich. And then he takes privileges. See, you can't feel that if you ain't never experienced that. Y'all too young, some of y'all too young. I don't know, y'all. What do you got to talk Because you ain't never had to go to a segregated school. You ain't never had to sit in a class with no books at all sometimes. One teacher trying to teach sixth grade. Some of y'all have never had an inferior education. All because someone fought for you to get a good and now you got the nerve to walk out with your nose in the air because you done made it, you done got your degree, you done got this, this, and this, and don't realize that privilege was won for you by somebody. I dare you get beside yourself on somebody else's privilege. Someone else opened that door for you to. Lord, this wasn't in my notes today. I don't know if anybody need to hear it or not. Maybe this is going to give me some hate mail. I don't know. But anyway, it said, now it's out there in the airways, so it's public knowledge. He said it. <laughs> and if they make a meme out of me, y'all better defend me. Y'all better say, y'all better leave my, leave my pastor alone. Because he would. <laughs> my last turn, Ephesians chapter 3, just a couple chapters over, in verse 3 to 6. Now, now, now that the Gentiles have been made citizens and brought into God's family, the Apostle Paul let us know that God's great mystery has been revealed. Because that was the mystery, that the Gentiles were going to be brought in and given the same rights and privileges as the 
And he says, with that great revelation come great knowledge and great things that we got to understand because now with it comes the privilege to serving God and telling others about what you done got. With what you learn and how you have advanced in life come the privilege of going back and telling somebody else, this is what you need to do to get to the head of the line. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. You have earned a right that you're supposed to share with somebody else so that they too can be successful in life. And so we have an obligation to spread the good news. You done got saved, now you're supposed to tell somebody else. You can say, hey, I was a far off from God, living below my privileges, but someone enlightened me and told me about this thing called salvation through Jesus Christ by faith, then guess what? I walked into that, and now I experience a whole nother level of living because I, I live in privilege. It don't mean my status may have changed. I may be still at the same income level, but my attitude has changed now. The way I see myself, the way I carry myself, is going to be entirely different because I see myself in a whole new light. I don't see myself as a Gentile heathen anymore. I see myself as a child of God in his family living in his kingdom. Let me read this real quick. Y'all going to see this equality word in here that people don't like today, but it's a popular word that's trending right now. Equality. Everybody equality. Okay, got it. You know, plan problem with that. In verse 6, he says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally, somebody say equally, in the riches inherited by God's children. Wow. With your accepting Jesus coming inheritance. And you get an equal portion of that inheritance with everybody else who accepts. Amen. God is not a respecter person. What he would give to one, he's given to all. And see, that word equality now is what scares a lot of folks. Because folk who've been ahead don't want you to be equal. Oh, God. Yeah, but oh, help me out. Lord, help me out. Later, I was privileged enough to be born 20 yards ahead of you. You were born right there. I'm 20 yards ahead of you. They started the race. We ain't got to run but 20 more yards. I'm going to almost beat you every time. And because I enjoy beating you, when someone tell me I got to bring you up and start at the same place, I'm going to fight that. No, no, no. Because if he get on the same place that I'm at, he has a possibility he could beat me to the finish line. And I ain't going to let him. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep that rascal behind me because I know I got an advantage that he don't have. And what I'm trying to tell you is some of us have made up that ground. Started off 20 yards behind, but we didn't finish but five yards behind. But now we got to help those who can start five yards behind to go ahead and win the race. Oh, Lord, help me. This thing about equality is tough on people when you've been ahead. It's easy to fight it when you've been ahead. And even in our culture, it ain't just other. There are some people that look like you. That's bougie, or bourgeois, whatever you want to call it. 
bougie, whatever they call it. You know, the, 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 what they talented ten. They don't want you in Jack and Jill. You just can't walk up there and say, I want to be in Jack and Jill. Now that you got that, that's the thing to keep you out. When they tell you what the fees cost and all that, they're going to price you out of Jack and Jill. They're going to make the fee so high that they know a person that don't make but $75,000 a year can't get in. I'm just talking about equality because everybody don't want you to share in their riches. But God said he's not a respected person. When it comes to his riches, we can all be a part of it. He said, look, both are a part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ. We're the same. He says, God's, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Somebody say that's a privilege to spread the gospel, tell everybody what Jesus has done for them and where he brought you from before you met him, how you got your citizenship in the kingdom of God. That's your testimony to tell somebody else how good God has been to you through Jesus Christ. That is your privilege. That's a privilege to tell that to people. He said, now look, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, I was the guy who murdered folk, put them in jail, beat them down. So I'm you know, some of us are the least deserving of the privilege that we got. But I ain't going to give it back because I was the least deserving. I, I ain't going to give it back because I fornicated a little bit before I got married. I ain't giving back my privilege to be saved and walk around like I'm a born-again free man. I ain't going to give it. Now, I wasn't no weed head, so I, that ain't my testimony. So I ain't going to, y'all going to hear me talk about no weed. I ain't never been no weed head. I mean, I just... You know, even in the I ain't never, that ain't my testimony. But you know, when I stopped gambling and gave that up, man, I can help somebody who thinks that they can't make it unless they gamble. I can tell you, you can do it. But look here, what I'm trying to tell you, I was the least deserving. My rap sheet ain't even that bad. There's some folks out there who rap sheet ten times worse than mine. But just because of Jesus' blood, now they are deserving of the same, the same privilege. He graciously gave me the privilege of telling Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. So this ain't about me. It's about me telling others what they can have. I'm not trying to keep them 20 yards behind me. I'm trying to put them on the same line that I'm on so we can all finish this race strong. He says, I was chosen to explain to everyone the mysterious the mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning, that Gentile was going to be a part of the church. God's purpose in all this was to use the church. Somebody say the church. The church, the church that's us. To use the church to display his wisdom in, in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly place. In other words, it's our job to let the world know good and bad, spiritual and unspiritual, what God's plan was, that Jesus was going to come to die for them, and if they accept him, guess what? They can be saved too. The church got in a job. The church got an assignment, and we got to stop shirking our responsibility and letting everybody else talk for us. We need to talk for our 
God did not give that assignment to angels. And no angel going to come down and do what God told us to do. Last two verses and I'm done. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because, verse 12, key verse, because of Christ, not me, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. In other words, that's a privilege. Now, I don't have to call nobody. You don't have to call me. When life gets tough for you, you can come and with confidence that you ain't got to reach Pope Bolden, Pastor Bolden, this Bolden, Rabbi Bolden. You ain't got to reach nobody. Your rights have been given to you to come because you think you got to go through man all the time. Some of your rights are being held back by the very man that you're trying to you better start walking through the veil because Jesus tore it down so you can get access to God for you. Yes, we want to pray for you. Yes, I want to pray for you. But look here, at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're going through, baby, I may not hear you. I keep my phone by my bed, so I'm going to try to. But look here, sometimes me and my CPAP be deep in sleep. <laughs> deep in sleep. And it may be the next morning before I find you, baby. So look here. You better get on your knees, turn over in your bed, lay on your face, do whatever you got to do to get your prayer through to the Lord. Because he gave you the right. He gave you the privilege to be able to come before him. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm through preaching. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 We thank God. Every head bow and every eye closed. Well, before I do the appeals, I forgot. The dancers are going to come. Then we'll do our appeals after the dancers. Every head bow and every eye closed. We don't want to take it for granted that everyone is, that's under the sound of my voice is saved and everyone under that's listening in or watching is saved today. We just always want to extend the invitation to accept Jesus Christ. That's a privilege that you can have to get into that relationship where you can be a part of God's family, no longer far, no longer far away, but a citizen of his kingdom, and that starts through Jesus Christ. So if that is you today, and you're in here under the sound of my voice, or if you're online and uh, you want to make that known, you can just give us a call here at the church. Our numbers are there. But if you're in here, just please raise your hand. If you want to extend the invitation to you, just please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. I see no hands raising. I take it all the same. My second uh, decision is for commitment to join the church, to be a part of the body of Christ. If that is you and the Lord is leading you and you want to be a part of this fellowship, this church, uh, we'd love to have you. So you can have all the rights benefits of any other member of this church. Uh, I believe that everybody ought to be connected somewhere to a body so they can continue to grow and be nourished and fed so that they can grow to their full strength and maturity in Jesus Christ. If the Lord is speaking to your heart and striving for perfection ministry is a place for you, I want to extend that invitation to you for membership. Just please raise your hand or just give us a call or send us an iMessage or instant message to let us know if that is your decision. See no hands? My third appeal is for baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
you're maybe here and you want to know more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the devil didn't speak in other tongues. has nothing to do with your salvation, just a gift. If you desire that, God will give it to you. If not, you know, he's not going to hold it against you. But we do want to just make it known to you that that is a gift that is available. It's up to you. But if you want to know more about it, we have literature that we can share with you so that you can read what the scriptures say for yourself. So if that is you, just raise your hand and just give us a call. Please raise your hand. Okay. See no hands raised? Then it's our altar time. And if you've got a prayer concern and you want to come to the altar, so we're going to open up the altar today. If that's something that the Lord has laid on your heart and you want to come to the altar, if you're accustomed to, and pray, and then I'll make a general prayer if you've got any concerns because you've already been told you can come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy in your time of trouble or need. So if you've got a prayer concern, if you want to come and intercede for someone that you know, that the Lord is placing on your heart right now, you can do that. If you want to stand at your seat, you can do that as well. Whatever you desire to do, we want to make it available to you. Whatever your custom is, we want to make that available to you. Get your hearts and your minds in a place of prayer because that is how we communicate with God through the Holy Spirit. We all have this capability, we all have this privilege to be able to talk to God through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get your heart and your mind set on him. Let him speak to you as well as you speak to him. Let us pray. Father God, in the precious and magnificent name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the privilege that we have to come before you in prayer. We thank you, God, for tearing down the walls that separated us from you with Jesus' blood. And God, we thank you for allowing us to now come boldly before your throne to make our case known to you, to make our request known to you. God, even to give our praise to you. Whatever we need in your presence, God, we can bring it before you. And God, sometimes we come just to intercede for others who are going through. Some that are less fortunate than we are, God, that we are able to lift up in prayer and intercede on their behalf because we know that Jesus intercedes for us, so therefore we can intercede for others, so we can come boldly with their concerns to you. God, we come lifting up our own concerns, the things that are troubling us, the things that we have going on in our lives that we need to bring before you, God. And we're seeking you for answers, God, because we know that you can incline your ear down to hear our cries, to hear our pleas. And God, we know that you're God that hear and answer prayer. And God, even if we're just coming to give you a praise report, to tell you thank you for another day and another opportunity, for another privilege to come and serve and worship you and magnify your holy name, God, we don't want to take telling you thank you for granted. Because God, sometimes that's all we need to do is just say thank you. And God, so we come now, and if there's any supplication that we need to make, God, things that we're requesting to happen in our lives, God, whatever it is, God, you said if we delight ourselves in you, you will give us the desires of our hearts. Somebody in here may be looking and expecting a promotion. Somebody that want to go a little higher in the different part of their life, God. Whatever that is, God, if that's a desire of their heart and they're pleasing to you and it is pleasing to you, God, we ask that you will grant them that desire. Because, God, you have no problem with us coming to you with our desires and our requests. And so we thank you for the privilege to be able to share with you, God, the things that we desire. And now, God, we just ask that as we prepare to leave this place, that you will place others on our heart, God, and because we've all been given the privilege to go out and tell others about you, tell others about the good news, tell others what you have done for us. So, God, let us not keep silent in that part of our ministry. Let us leave here and minister through our testimony, minister through our salvation experience, minister through the changes that you have made in our lives. God, give us all that ministry of reconciliation, God, 
but we can tell others how Jesus reconciled us back to you. And God, he will do the same thing for them. And God, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 And give the Lord a hand.